0: All right, we took a break, but we are back. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Waywo.tv. Today on the show, we've got Latoya Morgan, as well as a musical performance by the Melanie Felony. Uh, It's, I don't know, there's some kind of jam band. that will be pretty cool. Uh, Anyway, let's go over to Happy Harriman, New York, and meet up with our host, Mr. BJ Mendelssohn.
1: Uh, Latoya, thank you so much for joining us here on WeLoTV. I, I realize that, that you've worked on so many shows that, that I love, uh, including Turn, which I feel like people don't really talk enough about. Um, but before we get to that, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're currently working on.
2: Yes. Thank you for having me. Um, I am Latoya Morgan. I am a writer, director, producer, uh, worked on a bunch of shows, as you mentioned, um, but currently on a show I co-created with J.J. Abrams for HBO Max called Duster, uh, which has been a lot of fun. And of course, I also write comic books. So my comic Dark Blood, the trade paperback is coming out today. So it's my book birthday. Yes. So I'm very, very excited to be here and talk to you about that stuff.
1: Congratulations! Uh, I you you took the words out of my mouth. Ooh. That was the that was the next thing I was going right to <laughs> was, was Dark Blood. Uh, which one Which one would you like to talk about first? Would you like to talk about Dark Blood or the show? Uh, uh either one.
2: Out? I'm I'm game. You're the you're the the master oh, of ceremonies. Sure. So I'll follow your lead.
1: Okay yeah I mean I'm a comic book guy so I I saw it was a, it was a 6 issue mini uh, that's mm-hmm. been collected I have it on digital and today yeah, uh, as as of recording of course it was wonderful um I would love to know like how it came about what what the pro- it's your, was it the your first comic or second
2: um, it was the, probably my third. So I did a couple of okay. series for an independent comic company called Xenoscope. They're wonderful. Shout out to my friend Ralph, who I love over there. Um, I had done a couple of series for them. One called Goddess Inc., which was a, a six issue series. And then I also jumped onto one of their popular, uh, characters, Robin Hood. And I did a series for her called The Hunt. So I had done those before. But this was the first time it was an original idea that I loved that I got to just kind of play in the sandbox and create the sandbox which was pretty phenomenal
1: yeah what was what's did you find going from screenwriting for TV to the comic book format to be seamless or was it kind of a challenge to switch back and forth
2: um it was was because i'm a lifelong comic book fan so i grew up on a steady diet of you know marvel was my jam i loved x-men loved spider-man uh so i was absolutely uh just a fan of the the genre and the space and i taught myself how to how to write comics and um so it was the chance to collaborate and work with the publisher that i really respected and loved and who really responded to the concept for this book and then to work with some really talented and gifted artists who help bring it to life.
1: Now, tell it, for people who aren't familiar with Dark Blood, how would you describe the series?
2: Ooh, I describe it as like a genre-bending uh, historical fiction, uh, sci-fi uh, extravaganza. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a lot of fun. It follows uh, Avery Aldridge, who's our main character. And the first time that you see him, he's, you know leaving work and he's walking, walking down this dark alley It's set in 1955. So, you know, some challenging times for, you know, black uh, men, women. And uh, so this, this certain someone is following him down this dark alley and you think one thing is going to happen. And then all of a sudden there's this burst of uh, powers that Avery displays. And so the question becomes, where did he get those powers? How did they come about? Um, and, oh, my God, what are the consequences that are going to come for this particular ish, uh, incident that happened?
1: Now, I, over the course of the the six issues, I'm curious what, do you have a high point that you that you really liked, and once you saw them print, you're like, wow, this is this is so cool to see, like, in the actual book.
2: <laughs> well, I love them all. I love every issue. Um, issue one is really my favorite because uh, it sort of like launched everything, right? So it, it, Kind of came out of the gate really strong. Uh, the sales were thank you to everyone who who bought it and, and, and picked it up were incredible. So it went into a, a second printing and then it went into a third printing, which was phenomenal. And so I really think um, it set the tone for the mystery of you know what the variance is. If you've read the book, you know we we uh, dig a little bit into that into later chapters. But the one the one issue that's also like. You should read them all, of course. Well, well that's my favorite. Is issue five. Um, issue five is the one where you really get like the the skinny of like what happened. And, um, you know, Avery is a man who's kind of fighting two battles, you know, behind enemy lines in the theater of war, but also behind enemy lines, in know, in a sense at home after having come home as a veteran. Uh, so I really liked unpacking all that. And I'm also a fan of like dual timelines. So I know some people are like anti-that, but that is kind of my jam.
1: <laughs> I enjoy it. Um uh, but I'm also a quantum physics nerd, you know, like I'm fascinated by this idea <laughs> of string theory that there's multiple realities and like if anyone has seen it, yes. Uh I have you seen everywhere uh, everything everywhere all at once?
2: I am as soon as it is available that I can <laughs> like watch it at home, I am going to see it. I the I saw the trailer and my mind was already just Blown! I was so excited for it. So that's a, that's a treat that I'll get to yeah. uh, check out later.
1: I can't I can't recommend it enough, especially if you like the multiple timelines. Oh, I do! It's, oh my
2: god, I can't wait.
1: Where? Let me ask you. Where does the Where does that love come from? Like, what was something that you might have saw or watched or just came across where yeah. that that kind of stood out to you? I was like, that's cool. That's I want to write about that.
2: You mean timelines?
1: Yeah, like multiple, like the multiple oh, timelines. You
2: know you know it probably has to do with just having grown up uh just watching twilight zone and you know different sci-fi shows that that would show different timelines i mean i think more than anything i love stories where you can infuse a genre aspect to it, but also just kind of like really dig into the characters. So you really care about the characters as they go on this journey. And that's what I tried to infuse into dark blood. So even though there's, you know, there's a little bit of like horror, there's the sci-fi of the powers, but I really wanted you to be grounded in who Avery is as a man and his family um, and really invested in, in what happens to him and hopefully you're rooting for him to win.
1: Absolutely. Now, I would love to know a bit about what your future plans are for comics. Cause I mean, like you have a real talent for it. Uh, I think that's clear. Uh, So like, are you, do you have any more that, that
3: you're thinking about doing or that's, that might be in the works? Hey there, boys and girls. It's your old podcast pal, Ralph Garmin, here, inviting you to invite me into your ear holes five days a week with my podcast, The Ralph Report. Join me, Eddie Pence, Steve Ashton, and the rest of the happy lunatics that make up the Garmy for as little as 15 cents a day. And for that, you get five shows a week. Filled with music and jokes and news and history and just so much good stuff that you're going to be glad you chose The Ralph Report. How do you listen? Well, it's pretty simple. Go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up today. There's four amazing levels of subscription that you can join, each one with their own special bunch of benefits. So check it out. Listen to me, Ralph Garman, on The Ralph Report. Patreon.com slash The Ralph Report. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Harriman Herald radio show. I'm an artificial intelligence using a dead guy's voice for a comedy routine. You can call me Paul Shackman, a name I found randomly in the phone book. It's a very interesting name. How does one become a Shackman? Do you need to build a shack or would renting one be enough to earn you the name? Did Paul's ancestors own a lot of Shacks? Who did they have to kill to acquire them? How many victims are there? And where did they bury all those bodies? The world may never know. We only have time this week for one story. So we go live now to Nancy Diamante at New York Stewart International Airport. Nancy.
4: Thank you, Paul. I'm here at the Pull the Plane event taking place at what was once known simply as Stewart Airport. The event has attracted over 350,000 visitors, a number previously unfathomable to the organizer of the event, Harold Murray.
3: I don't understand it. I thought maybe we'd get 100 people, maybe 250, tops. But 350,000. We're going to need the National Guard to straighten this situation out.
4: The trouble began when Harold posted in the Harriman Library's Facebook group about why he wanted to organize the event.
3: I said, I'm suffering right now from a deep existential dread. My country has been taken over by large corporations. One political party, the Republicans, are racist, crazy and anti-woman. And the other... The Democrats are corrupt and always act to benefit the corporations when nobody is looking. I vote. I organize. I donate. Nothing changes. Nothing I say or do matters. So, I'm just going to get high and pull an airplane around with my teeth. Who wants to help make it happen?
4: Can you tell us what happened next?
3: Yes. Well, as you can tell, I'm not capable of pulling an airplane around with my teeth. I'm 57 years old and have a hernia. That's pretty clear from my profile photo. Or so I thought. A lot of people liked and commented on the post. When I told people I wanted to hold an event for a local charity and not actually pull an airplane around with my teeth, the post exploded from there.
4: What made the post go viral?
3: People thought I was kidding about the charity part.
4: Really? Everyone thought you were serious about pulling an airplane around with your teeth.
3: That's right. And every time I tried to back out of it, people just kept escalating it from there. Someone who saw the post found a Boeing plane at the airport that the company forgot about. Another man had a surprising amount of bungee cord that probably warrants a visit from the state troopers to top it all off. New York Stewart International is rarely busy. Unless you want to fly to Iceland. So despite my best efforts to call it all off, the event just kind of came together. So I said, fine, I'll do it.
4: What was going through your mind when you said that?
3: Who's going to drive to Newburgh to see a 57-year-old orthodontist get high and pull an airplane around with his teeth?
4: About 350,000 people.
3: Nancy. I am freaking out right now.
4: And you're not even high.
3: That's correct.
4: Are you going to go through with it?
3: I'd look like a real asshole if I didn't.
4: This is Nancy Diamante for the Harriman Herald.
3: Thank you, Nancy. That's all the news from Happy Harriman New York this week. We now return to What Are You Working On with B.J. Mendelssohn? Already in progress.
2: I would love to do more. Um, I love comics. Uh, I always have. And I think it's just... Not that it's underappreciated as a medium, but it could always be given a little more love, right? Yeah. Um, and so I would love anyone who wants me to write more, please, I would love to. Obviously, it would be great to, you know, the, the, the trade and the sixth issue... Ends on a bit of a cliffhanger for Dark Blood, so I would love to kind of get back in that sandbox and, and build some more uh, on that project. But then, of course, um, I always have ideas percolating around, so I uh, would love the chance to kind of dive in and do some more in that space.
1: Right. Let me ask you before I switch gears a bit. Uh, who do you have a favorite comic book character? And if you could write, if you could write that character, who would it be?
2: Definitely, it would be Storm for sure. I always grew up; I wanted to be Storm. Um, it was great to see a representation, to see a you know a black woman, um, but also to be you know in all of her powers. Uh, and so, I, obviously, yeah, I, w- I would love to write for her. And, and of course, you know, we got Spider Man and we got Wolverine. Um, those were my jam for sure.
1: Storm is such a great character. Like I, I love one of the things that I've always loved about the character is the vulnerability. Yeah. To her, be because she, you know, she is a god, like her goddess, god, mm-hmm. but she has claustrophobia. Yes. And that to me was was like my entry point into that character. Because sometimes you have characters like Superman that are so powerful it's hard to relate to them. But then you have Storm who who has this fear and anxiety that, that a lot of people have. And and you know that that was sort of like this great doorway into her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I would love it if you if you get the chance to ride a storm. <laughs> me too. Please come
2: on, Marvel. And I'm, I'm I'm right here. Come say hi. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. Like there, I don't think there's been an ongoing storm in a long time, and I think
2: yeah.
1: the time has come. That would be um, amazing. Let me ask you about the HBO, HBO Max show. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about it? When it's on? How to watch it? And then we can dive a little into it.
2: Sure. Um, it hasn't come out yet. We're still um in the the, the the planning stages with our with our writers' room. Um, we have shot the pilot, and hopefully, we'll be shooting the rest of our episodes this year. But um, the premise is uh first and foremost, Josh Holloway plays our lead, who's amazing. If you've ever seen Lost, um, he he was Sawyer. Um, uh, he's phenomenal. So such a great actor and, and a wonderful person. So he's our he's our anchor into the show. And, uh, he plays, uh, sort of a getaway driver for a crime family. And it's set in the 1970s. And you sort of get that grit and pulpy feel. Um, has a little bit of the a nod to Scorsese, little Tarantino, uh, little Cohen brothers. So it's like this great, rich pastiche of those things. And you get to see him on his journey as he, uh, is trying to get out of a lot of trouble uh, with with his job.
1: Where did the where did the concepts originate for the show?
2: Yeah, uh, JJ came to me. He had read a script that I'd written, and I had never met him before. This was a couple years ago. He read the script that I'd written, and he really loved it. He asked, you know, to sit down and have a meeting. We sat down, had this amazing meeting. You know, he, you know, of course, to my um, you know, shock. He talked like literally for 10 minutes about how much he loved, you know, the script I'd written. And he was like, I have some ideas in a very JJ uh, sense. Um, and we just started jamming on this idea. And it was really like jazz. Like he would throw something out and then I would throw something out and it started to feel like it could really work. And, uh, you know, he had the image uh, in his head about uh, that I, can't get into because of spoilers but um it's uh that it was just the idea of that of an introduction for this character uh for Josh Holloway and I really thought it was wonderful I hadn't seen something like that before and we kind of built out from there and surrounded him with really interesting characters and you know his quirky crime family and and his 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 immediate family and so it was a lot of fun to kind of uh, build on an image that he had in his head and then kind of collaborate together.
1: What was, what was going through your mind during that meeting? Like, was there,
2: <laughs> like wait, literally wait. I was like, am I on candy camera? It was the right. most insane like meeting I've ever had. And probably one of the most flattering that he, that someone um, like him who's so like brilliant and, and masterful, um, you know, saw some great things in, in what I'd written and that he, you know, wanted to collaborate and partner uh, to to bring the story to life, it was
1: really great. Now I have to ask, um, because you've you've hit the trifecta of AMC shows that I watch, uh, <laughs> and you you've written yeah. for all for all three of them, um, and I'm just like, just kind of tickled by how good Into the Badlands is. And yeah. uh, it just sort of, like, sneaks just <laughs> under the radar. And then Turn is another one where it's, yo, know, it doesn't get the hype of, like, The mm-hmm. Walking Dead might, but it's still pretty solid. And I'm a history nerd, so yeah.
2: I like stuff like that. You're like me. Uh, we are one. <laughs> is that,
1: I wonder, like, what? so what drew you to these different projects? Was, was there something that you were like, I can't wait? To to take this angle with, with these properties,
2: yeah, I mean, with terms specifically, uh, I'm a history nerd, so um, I'd read a ton of books about that time period, and I had never read the idea of Washington as spy master, and I was like, how could I not have known that? And so it was really fun when I first met uh, Craig Silverstein, who's our our uh, uh, showrunner. Uh, when we sat down and we just started talking about the book because it's based on a book called Washington Spies and uh, where I was just like, I can't believe Washington was, of course, winning (laughs) the entire war and also running like this shadow group of spies, which was absolutely incredible. So that's really how how it came about was just me just being fascinated that that was a corner of history that I hadn't heard of. And that's kind of how I attack everything. It was really, you know, for Dark Blood you know, Avery's character is a is a Tuskegee airman, and so uh, the idea that there was an incident in real life that had happened with some uh, airman that I read about that I couldn't believe I didn't know, and then I built a story around it that way.
1: Yeah, it, it was not it was not taught. Uh, I think it's only recently that we we've started like have the conversation about tuskegee and also you know we had the movie red tails came out which we yeah. talked to, to, to bring some, bring to light and then also marvel recently um in falcon the winter soldier mm-hmm. like yes. too with the isaiah bradley character yeah so uh, i would love to know like what what got you into writing like what got you into this direction of being a creative and and just writing the, just these wonderful characters and stories
2: I always loved writing. It's such a great question because it's always like the chicken and egg. Like I don't know which came first, but I <laughs> all I know is when I was a kid, I would spend hours and hours first and foremost reading books like a nerd. I would ask my mom for books for my birthday. She's like, are you sure this is what you want? And I'm like, yes, I want books. Um, and I would try unsuccessfully to draw my own comic books, which is that started my love with that, but I always loved telling stories, and I think I wrote one of my first short stories when I was like six years old or something, and I remember my mom's face because I don't know why, but I instinctively knew to throw in a twist, so I wrote like like this like very like a typical dark and stormy night story. And then when she got to the end, like there was a twist (laughs) and I loved seeing her reaction when she uh, read that. So it became, it just stuck with me and it really kind of fueled me as a storyteller.
1: Did you get, did you get any great advice along the way?
2: I did, you know, um, I, the the best piece of advice that I got was uh, finish, finish. Once you start, Uh, you have to, uh, get it completed and, and get it out of your brain and into someone else's hands so you can get notes and start to you know create it perfect it right because I think a lot of paralysis comes because people are like oh it's not good enough to share yet or I haven't made it you know as good as I possibly can make it but that's part of the process is you know getting it out there getting it to people and then you improve from there but you can't do that if it's just kind of floating in the ether.
1: Exactly. Now, I'm curious what what you would say to your younger six year old self writing that <laughs> short story. Like, what would today you say say to her?
2: Oh my goodness! I would tell her keep going because you know uh, that's the other thing that's a good piece of advice, which is you know there's going to be a lot of no's along the way. People are going to say no, you can't do that. I mean, when I first my first instinct when I was writing Dark Blood, I wanted I had that idea years ago, but people didn't want me to write my own thing yet. They were like, "Can you write this other thing first? Can you do this other job and so you go go with the flow of that and do those things, but also just never forget why you wanted to do what you what you what you're doing. That not don't don't um give up on something just because someone says no."
1: It reminds me of something Shonda Rhimes said in an mm. interview where she said her first year she said yes to everything. Yeah. And then the second year is when she started to say no. And then by the third year, she found that even though she was saying no, people were starting to come to her. And that's when she was able to say, hey, I've got this idea.
2: Yes. Yes. That's, and then I she love was to
1: pull it from her back pocket. Um, let me let me ask you the thing I ask everybody, which is what's one question that you haven't been asked in an interview that that you've always wanted to be asked?
2: That is such a... That is a hard question. What do people say to this? I'm like, oh my God. Um, I mean, the the only thing I can think of um, is, like, what will uh, LaToya dir- direct next? Because um, I did a little short film um, a couple years ago. I did really well. It got distribution on stars. And I'm really chomping at the bit to do more of that. And so I want people to ask me that. And so then I can say... Um, Come hit me up and and give me some stuff to consider. <laughs>
1: right. Well, let's, let's tell us real quick about the short film. Can we? Can people listening us find it online?
2: Uh yeah, it's, it's on Stars. Um, it got distribution on Stars. It's called Team Maryland, and um, it's like a little nine minute film. Uh, it's about uh you know two politicians and their uh, it's behind the scenes uh, right before a really big speech and a really big um event and you get to kind of get a window into what the relationship like is like and um there's kind of a bombshell that's dropped and they have to figure out what to do with that information and so that's my very vague (laughs) like uh, non-spoiler uh version but the great part is you said you mentioned that you love into the badlands well sherman augustus who played nathaniel moon on into the badlands is the star one of the stars of, of the short film he was very gracious and lovely and let me uh, direct him uh, in this. And um, so you can find it like on demand um, on stars, their website. Um, and uh, I'm sure it's probably somewhere else that I can't remember at the moment, but yeah.
1: That's awesome. I am going to seek it out Yay, uh, thank today. You. Uh, so it's a, uh, let me, I want to make sure I hit everything that, that you've got out. So dark blood <laughs> uh, is now out in in trade paperback. Uh, yes. Where all comics are available, so everyone, please pick that up. Uh, you've got the yes. show premiering on HBO Max in the fall. Is that right?
2: Twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three.
1: Yep. And then you've got show. You've got stuff that's currently on the air. Is there anything else you'd like to point us to that we should check out?
2: Um, those are the big things. I mean, obviously, I have I when I for TV, I got a deal at Warner Brothers, and you know, part of that was I created. Um, my own production company, which is called Tinker Toy Productions. And, um, we're collaborating, finding, you know, emerging voices, um, exciting writers. That are out there, some of them already in the, the WGA, other folks who may be pre-WGA and trying to make their way in. So I'm always about uh, trying to reach out to those people and, and hear from those people. And Usually it's on social media. So uh, it, I try to you know make announcements and, and put stuff on either my Twitter or my Instagram. And uh, my handle for that is uh, Morganic Inc. So that's where you can find me and, and find that stuff.
1: I have one final question for you because I, I have to ask about the E.T. poster. Yes, uh, please. <laughs> so what what is something about the movie that, that still resonates with you today?
2: Well, first and foremost, I have to say that E.T. is absolutely perfect. And it's very rare to f- have perfect films. But what... Every time I watch it, and not just because I saw it when I was a kid, but every time I watch it, I laugh and I cry and that's why it's perfect it is the it's the peanut butter and chocolate it's like the perfect like blend of delicious things that fill my heart and my soul and that's the highest compliment i could be
0: you know i'm pretty i'm pretty upset that the mets are good now why is that Well, because now we can't experience things like when they had a 97 year old pitching coach You mean Phil Regan? Yeah, that guy who played for the Brooklyn Dodgers. That team hasn't even existed for 65 years. Like, do you understand how close we all came to having this super old guy coaching the Mets? Do you understand the kind of comedy gold that could have been? Like, right now, when we need laughter the most? He probably wouldn't even remember who was on the team. Regan would be in the dugout, chewing tobacco and saying shit like, Send in Willie Mays. And then one of the guys on the bench would be like, Coach, Willie Mays is dead. And then Regan would be like, the hell he is, get him in there. I don't think Willie Mays is dead. He's not. And I hope Willie Mays lives forever, I really do. But Willie Mays also hasn't played for the Mets since 1973. Anyway, I just want people to understand the potential joy that we're all deprived of now that the Mets are good.
1: Hmm. Well, that's all for this week. If you enjoyed this episode of Waywo.tv, you know what you need to do. Rate us. Leave us a review wherever your favorite podcast can be found. That'll help people find this show and hopefully enjoy it as much as you did. You did enjoy the show, right? We're going to assume you did, because you made it to the outro. Most people don't. Be sure to follow BJ on Instagram at BJ Mendelssohn and tell him who you'd like to see interviewed next. You can also text your suggestions to BJ at 646-331-8341. But don't call that number. BJ says he's only going to answer if you're Melissa O'Neill from ABC's The Rookie. Also, only if you're going to ask him out on a date. We'll see you next time. Right?